so it's Father's Day, and Father's Day is one of those days where you, know, you think about family, maybe talk about family a little bit. Fam- families are different. Now, not only are families different from each other, but individuals within a family can be, can be quite different. So let me, let me introduce you. I've, I've talked to you before about my family, and I'm going to introduce you to them today. So uh, here are my parents. That's Tommy and Jean right there. And uh, here's what you need to know about Tommy. Tommy is the loudest voice in the room. Tommy is an extrovert, extrovert. He knows everybody in the room. He works a room. In his lifetime, he worked a room like nobody. It would take him maybe 15 minutes to know every one of you. He would just go through the room and he would know all of you by name before it was over. My dad was the primo number one greeter at Tuscumbia First United Methodist Church for 45 years. And uh, when he died 13 years ago, a group of young men got together and said, what are we going to do? There's no greeter. Who's going to lead us? And they said, they told me, they said, we decided we would follow your dad's example and we took up the mantle uh, of greetership. <laughs> so that's, that's my dad. Now my mom, different than my dad, my mom is an introvert's introvert. Uh, my dad wants to go to every party. My mom wants to stay home and watch television. My mom loves to drink coffee and stare off into space. Some people say it's because she had six children, but I just think it's the way she's wired. So that's my mom and that's my dad. Now, this is Mike. Mike is, he's got an entire head, I promise you. Um, Mike is the oldest. Mike is the oldest and uh, yeah. Okay, can, can we get that out? You want me to change? Let's go to this. You good? How about that? A little bit better? Okay, this is Mike. There, there he is with his full head of hair. How about that? Mike is the oldest and uh, incredibly smart. Um, Mike is also an introvert. He is an attorney, and the thing that you need to know about Mike is that if you meet him, do not, well, let me just put it this way. If you meet him, you must pretend like you love Johnny Rivers. Johnny Rivers' music, back in the 70s, Mike Tanner thinks that there, has, there was no music before and there's been no music after, which is a problem because his son is a musician who plays with the Alabama Shakes. But Mike is Johnny Rivers. Now, this is Terry. Now, Terry is second in the birth order. And here's what you need to know about Terry. She's an extrovert. So Mike is an introvert. Terry is an extrovert. You kind of get the pattern. Um, Terry, here, here's what you, the most important fact to know about Terry. If you had $4 and she had $1, she would give you her dollar to make sure that you had enough. Most generous person I know would give the, her last dime 
to somebody who had twice as much as her um, just to make sure that they were okay. Here's Jeannie. Jeannie and I were buddies. She was two years apart. We did everything together, high school together, college together. And Jeannie is, guess what? Nope, she's an extrovert. Sorry. Jeannie is an extrovert. She loves to be in the action. She rides motorcycle. So, now this is, well, let's just show the next guy. All right. Let me just say that whatever goes through your mind when you see that is probably true. Let's go to the next one. All right, this is John. John is five years younger than me, and John is the thinker. Uh, John, when most boys were asking for balls, footballs, basketballs, and things like that for Christmas, John wanted a rock polisher and a wood-burning kit. <laughs> Introvert. He makes me look like an extrovert, okay? And then the last one, <laughs> he's, he's going to kill me because a lot of you know him, and this is it's not the best picture he's ever taken, but it's my favorite. So this is, <laughs> this is Bill. Uh, Bill used to be the worship pastor here, and Bill is, he makes everybody else in my family look like an introvert, even though... We're about split down the middle. Bill is the most extrovert person you'll ever meet. Uh, my mom, even, at 87, says, you know, your brother has FOMO, right? And I said, Mom, you, know, you even know what FOMO is? And she said, yeah, fear of missing out. I said, okay, you're right, he does. So that's Bill. So that, that's my family. So now you know us all, and you can pick us out of a crowd, I'm sure. But here, here's some things that you need to know about tanners. If you're a tanner, you love Andy Griffith. You love Auburn University. Not, not just Auburn football. You love Auburn University. You love pancakes. You love dogs, not cats. And you love good music. Most of the things that we have in common, you can trace back to my parents. Most of the things that, that the kids have in common, you can find in our parents. Now, we have differences. Some of us are introverts. Some of us are extroverts. Some of us like Johnny Rivers. Some of us like other music. But as much as we're different, there are more things that make us the same. We have more in common than different. And the church is a lot like that. The church is like a family. Uh, for instance, we have things where we disagree, and then we have things that we have in common. Some like robes and candles in worship. Everything should be in order. Everything should be quiet and reflective. There are people that, there are people in this room who are that way. Others, they like music, they like worship that, you know, you have to get loose for. There's some in this room who love flags in worship. There are others who are like, whoa, 
What was that? There are some who like long worship and short sermons. And then there's some who like shorter worship and longer sermons. Most of them are preachers. <clears throat> there are some who come to church every Sunday and they're like, as they're getting out of the car and they're walking to the parking lot, they're, they're just mumbling to themselves, I, oh, man, I hope somebody, I hope somebody, I, I pray somebody, I hope somebody, I hope somebody prays in tongues today. And then there are others who are like, oh, dear Jesus, I have visitors here with me today. My grandmother's here. Please, not today. It, we're just different, right? We're different. Some people love small groups because they just love to get with friends and they love to have intimacy and they love to build fellowship and others come to church on Sunday only and they would really like it if there were two empty seats to either side of them because we're different. So there are a lot of things that we differ on and we can focus as a family on how we're different or we can gather around the things that we have in common. We gather around God and his word. We gather around the goodness of God and the sovereignty of God and the truth of his word. We are united as a family by the gospel. The cross and the empty tomb meet every one of us at the same place. Doesn't matter if you're an extrovert or an introvert. Doesn't matter if you like loud worship or soft worship. Doesn't matter if you love flags, hate flags, speak in tongues, or afraid of tongues. Doesn't matter. The cross and the empty tomb meet every one of us in the same place. And here's where that place is. <laughs> Undeserving people pursued by a gracious, loving God. Undeserving people. The things that we have in common, just like in a family, the things that we have in common, guess where they come from? They come from our Father. They come from our Father. Jesus told his disciples, when you pray, Pray like this. So let, take a look at Matthew chapter 6. <clears throat> Beginning at verse 9. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but when Jesus told his disciples that this is the way you should pray, the whole entire prayer is us and we and our. So just stop and think for a minute. How much of your prayer life is I and me and my. 
But Jesus said, when you pray, pray us and we and our. Because Jesus is not just here to, to reach out and, and make one friend. That's not why he came. He came to gather a family. Now, you've heard it said, I've heard it said, you may have said it, I may have said it, I hope I didn't. But all of us have at least heard it said, if you had been the only one who needed grace, Jesus would have died just for you. That's a nice sounding thing. But there was never a possibility, ever, not even a chance that you would be the only one. Because believe it or not, it's not all about you. And it's not all about me. It's about us. It's about we. It's about the family of God. This whole thing of an individual, personal relationship with Jesus was created in America. God calls a community of faith. He doesn't want us to be isolated and divided. He wants us to be united together. He calls individuals to be a part of a family. That is the gospel. Now, I want to talk just about three things that we can see in our father. If a child is like their parent, if we are to be like our father, what are some things that he would like for us to have? What are some characteristics that God carries that he would like for us to carry? Number one, he loves people not like him. He loves people who are not like him. Guess why he loves people who are not like him? Exactly. <laughs> Dick Gabriel nails it. Because there's nobody like him. If he only loved people like him, he would be so lonely. Because he's the only perfect one. God is holy, he is perfect, and he loves us even though we are not. He calls us to follow him in that same kind of love. We're united by the love of the Father in the family of God. Jesus said, a new commandment I give you, that you would love each other the way I have loved you. So we're called to love each other, to love those that are in our family. We are called as the body of Christ to be united in love, but we are also called to love those who are outside of the family because that's the only way, or at least it's the best hope that we have of drawing them into the family. So we're called to love those in our family, but we're also called to love those who are not in the family in a way that would draw them into the family. Rich, poor, 
male, female, friends, enemies, every race, every tribe. The message of the gospel is that God reached out to me even though I didn't deserve it. And so I will reach out to you even though you don't deserve it. We are united by God's love for us. We celebrate the love of God that we share in common because it is our best opportunity to reach those with whom we have nothing in common. If the body of Christ is not unified, we have very little chance of winning the lost. That's why Jesus said, by this, they will know that you're mine, the way you love each other. So we are called to love the way God loves. He loves those that are his own. He loves those that are not to draw them to himself. Second, he forgives people who don't deserve it. He forgives people who don't deserve it. Now, forgiveness can be hard. Let's be honest. Uh, nobody likes to be hurt. Nobody likes to be wronged. Nobody likes to be wounded. And our human nature is to get revenge. That's why there's a famous saying, I don't get mad, I get even. On the cross, having been beaten beyond recognition and publicly humiliated through false accusations at the point of death, Jesus says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Maybe the most difficult time to forgive us, maybe the most difficult time for us to forgive is when we feel like we've been betrayed by friends. People that we trusted have let us down. People that we've confided in have broken our trust. Jesus was betrayed and denied and deserted by his closest friends. And he says, Father, forgive them. They didn't know what they were doing. We often say, and, and it's true, forgive, it'll help you. Right? You heard that said, you know, forgive, it'll help you. It'll bring healing to your heart. Or we say, not forgiving doesn't hurt them, it hurts you, right? Or we say, holding a grudge is like drinking poison and thinking it'll kill the other person. And all those things are true. But there's a bigger, bigger picture. There's a bigger picture than that. And again, th this is the bigger picture. It's not about you. It's really not. It's about Jesus. Life is about Jesus. And his mission is to save the lost. And when we choose anger, and when we choose resentment, and when we choose bitterness instead of forgiveness, especially in the church, we hurt his mission. And honestly, that's more important than how you and I feel.
Now, don't get me wrong. I want your heart to be healed. When you've been wounded, when you've been hurt, when you've been injured, I want you to forgive, and I want healing to come to your heart because you've chosen forgiveness. And and that, that will happen. God will release a grace in your heart that will allow you to heal and become whole because you've chosen his way. But the reason that I want you to choose forgiveness is not so you can feel better. And the reason that I want to be a person who chooses forgiveness is not so I can feel better. But I want to choose forgiveness because when I was lost without hope, destined for hell, God said, And it changed the direction of my life. And if me saying, I forgive you to someone else can change the direction of their life, I want that much more than I want this. We can't sing, it's all about Jesus, and live like it's all about us. Forgive. Forgive when people ask. Forgive when they don't. Forgive when you want to. Forgive when you don't. Forgive because it brings healing. But most of all, forgive because it's all about him. And that's what he did. Third and finally, if we want to be like the Father, Give things that have not been earned. Give things that have not been earned. John 3.16 says, God loved the world so much that he gave his son. We didn't deserve it. We didn't earn it. He chose to give what we needed because we needed it. I don't know what what it is that God will ask you to give away. I don't. I don't even pretend to know. I'm not even going to guess what it is that God would ask you to give away. But I will promise you this. If you follow him for very long, he will ask you to give to someone or something. And as, as David said, it will cost you. David actually said, I will not give to my Father in heaven, what costs me nothing. And the gift that you give will not be earned. It will be a gift. And God will ask you to give it. And he will ask you to give it expecting nothing in return. If you expect reward, if you expect to get something in return, it ceases to be a gift. Maybe it'll be something as simple as friendship. Maybe it'll be a warm meal for someone who's hungry or a visit to somebody who's lonely. 
But I promise you, as a follower of Jesus, you will be asked to give your life away. It doesn't mean that we can't have things. It doesn't mean that you can never have anything. It doesn't, certainly doesn't mean that you have to neglect the needs of your family. But it is an inescapable reality if you want to save your life, you have to give it away. If you want to save your life, you have to give it away. Those are his words, not mine. If we want to be like our father, we have to look at him. And we have to ask ourselves, what should my life look like? What would my life look like if I was completely surrendered to the will of my heavenly father? If every morning I woke up saying, God, today's your day. Every opportunity that you put before me, I will choose. Every conversation that you put me in, I will honor you with. It doesn't mean that you have to spend the rest of your life running around looking for things to do. It simply means that as you walk through your life, your eyes are open, your heart is open, your ears are open, and you're ready to obey. I promise you, if you choose to walk in obedience, God will bring you more opportunities than you could ever find on your own. You could run around actively seeking to find people to help and, and it would cause you to run past more opportunities than you found. But if we can learn as his children to walk in the grace that he's given us and the ability that he has imparted us with to hear his voice, we will have opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to love, to forgive, and to give. And I believe, I believe with all my heart that as we choose to love, forgive, and give, the world will actually change before our very eyes. Now let's pray. Lord, we pray today that you would actually forgive us for living so often as if it, it really is about us when in fact it's about you. And, and Lord, even our relationship with you, we, we tend to make about us and not about you. We confess that. We ask forgiveness for that. And we declare and acknowledge today it is about you. And we pray that our lives would honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to ask our teams uh, to come forward. We're going to enter into a time of ministry. And there are a couple of things specifically uh, that I want to call out. Uh, we had one prophetic word earlier today that uh, there's healing power for healing available 
the power for healing is always available, but perhaps today uh, there's an extra portion of grace for that. And so I, I encourage you, if you need physical healing uh, today, to come to one of our teams and ask for prayer. Uh, secondly, I, I want us to pray. If, if Father's Day is a hard day for you, we want to pray for you. I recognize that Father's Day is not the greatest day in the world for everyone. And uh, if you had a difficult relationship with your dad, maybe you still do. Uh, we would love to pray for you. Or, or as a father, if, if life's circumstances have left you uh, feeling hurt uh, and, and empty as a father, we want to pray for you. So if, if Father's Day is a, is a tough day for you, uh, if you lost your father, especially this year. This is your first Father's Day since your dad passed. I, I, I want to encourage you, don't leave here today without being prayed for. Uh, even if you don't feel like you need it, you need it. Uh, my dad's been gone for 13 years. I still need it. So uh, get prayer today. Uh, anything else, if you want to respond to anything in, in the message, if you need to ask God to to empower you and, and equip you uh, to love and to forgive and to give, then you come and, and one of our teams will pray for you. Okay? Let's stand together. Uh, Holy Spirit, we love the way you work. And we pray that we would be united as a body around the cross, around the empty tomb around the word of God, which is true and alive, and around you, Jesus. Be glorified in us and through us. In Jesus' name, amen.